Welcome back, everybody, and good to talk to you again, Bob. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Got a question for you today. Yes. When people are buying a comic book, are they supporting the comic itself, the art, the writing, or are they supporting the people who created the book? <laughs> um, I think things have changed. I think originally when I went out and chased every X-Men issue and completed my collection, I was collecting the comic book. Um, but I also collected creators, George Perez's, John Burns, um, Mike Magnolia. These, these are guys that I would collect because I enjoyed their artwork and storytelling. But nowadays, I feel like it's more supporting a creator than it is the actual project. Well, back in the dark days of comics, back in the 40s, 50s, and uh, <laughs> they, there were no credits in comic books. You know, no. the publishers did not want to highlight the writers and artists. They were selling the company and the character, and they didn't want to give any power to the writers and artists. And, you know, they didn't want to create fans for them. Right. Okay. Was that also because um, copyright? They didn't want to list them because they didn't want to feel like they owed them anything for creating? I know that's a whole different issue. It's a different but. issue, but mostly in the 40s, um, it was, you know, the era of the huge radio stars, movie stars, okay? Um, right. The 50s, we were creating television stars. You know, there were recording artists. So businessmen knew the power of a brand, of a person, okay? But comic book uh, companies wanted that brand to be Captain America, Superman. They wanted their the people creating it to be interchangeable and hidden. It right. wasn't until um, you started getting some credits from DC Comics in the really early 60s. Julie Schwartz would give credits to his um, people. Uh, but Stan Lee was the one that made his, right, his artists stars. Okay. Mm -hmm. He... He gave them fun nicknames. He made you feel like they, you were part of the family, you know. And so he built them as much of the stars as he was, as the characters were, okay? Because, because he wanted to be that. Yeah, he was the ultimate um, ringmaster, okay? Mm -hmm. But you can't be a ringmaster without some acts to, you know, to promote, you know? Right. So he did share the, the spotlight, okay? You know, and he made um, people... Marvel fans feel like they knew Jazzy Johnny Romita and Jack King Kirby, you know. <laughs> That's true. And so when they went on to other projects, people would follow them. But then when they started going to other companies, the people, whoa, wait a minute. That's not, we didn't mean to create that big a star that you're going to follow Kirby from Marvel to DC. That's not what we were looking for. And But DC was, you know, pretty much in the same boat. But by the 70s, comic book artists and writers became commodities, stars in their own right. And they could move back and forth between companies and bring fans with them. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see the purpose of saying, you know, you make up your, your creator is huge, even back then, because it made it easier launching a new character or a new book. Well, yes. we have Jack Kirby drawing the Black Panther book. Oh, well, then I've got to read Black Panther because I love Jack's work. You know, um, but like you said, once they started jumping ship, that was sort of bad. Yeah, I can but, see you know, that. They also didn't want the writers and artists demanding more money, saying, <laughs> well, people aren't just reading this 
book, okay? You know, book, I would say X, but I don't mean the X books, okay? But, right, you know, right. but brand book A, you know, because people, if I leave this book, you're going to lose sales, so I need a raise. And publishers were like, whoa, 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 no, I don't want to get into that. You're completely interchangeable. And the publishers started to learn that, no, comic book writers and artists were not a dime a dozen interchangeable. They did have value, okay? And they were, mm -hmm. and page rates started to go up for people who could draw in fans. Right. I mean, we see this a lot more even today. The writer oh, no, on Batman. Told, totally turned a corner. I'm just giving mm -hmm. like some of the background of like how we went from anonymous, you know, Batman, you know, and Superman books to having the the comic book writers and artists being the main stars that draw you to the book. And, and, and then now with the advent of social media, it's a whole new ball game. Oh, yes. Well, and with the fact that, well, it started off with you could go to MH and take a book. A creator could leave, not leave, but they could stay at Marvel and go to MH and create their, create their own book and pull a ton of their audience. And I guess they still do to this day. And launch a successful book at MH that where all you're doing is paying a, a listing fee, basically. And you'd benefit more from that book than you would your book that you're probably writing at Marvel or DC. So, oh, yeah, we yeah. cannot underestimate the still drawing powers of major superhero characters. I mean, mm -hmm. there are people that are going to read Spider-Man no matter who is writing or drawing that book because they're a spider Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. And that still has a major, major draw. Okay. But um, if you're a major Spider-Man, you know, artist who eventually leaves the book, you're going to have enough people who are a fan of you to follow you to your... Um, image. I mean, if it's only you know a percentage, it's still a large number of fans. It's much it easier than starting with zero. Much easier than sure. starting with zero because you've gotten your name, okay. But um, there was a day when the, your name was based only on your work, okay. That's all people could see. Yeah. And there, and there's some writers and artists did do conventions, but you really only met a small part of your fan base by going to conventions. Oh, it yes. was a dedicated part. And it was a part that helped spread the word to other fans who couldn't make it to the shows. But nowadays, if you want to reach out to your fans, do you have to wait for a convention? No, you do not. You just use one of the crowdfunding and social media. Okay. You want to reach your fans, you build your social media base. Um, which isn't always as easy as you think it is in maintaining them. Well, back in the earlier days, how did much did us creators own personality enter into creating a fan base? Do what now? In the oh. earlier days, did, did people oh. really, you know, Stan Lee. Okay. Your, your earlier days and my early days might be a little off. <laughs> Concerning you back up all the way back to the forties and fifties. I look at seventies and eighties, but yeah. Um, Stan Lee started building the personality. Definitely. I got to meet him at a convention. He's a real personable guy, even off the stage. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the early days of image, the personalities that made image was the McFarlands and, the and the Mark Silvestri's and the Jim Lee's. These guys were personable. They went and did conventions, had huge crowds. Um, I had over. Yeah, I was getting ready to hit Rob. Yes, he actually caused a crowd to take out one of my booths one time. Um, <laughs> yeah, up in New York. Near Riot, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, personalities play a huge part of success and staying in front of it because of social media has made it even easier to uh, keep up with a with a creator. Well, it's made it easier, yes, but it has it. I think it may have also also have made it more essential. I do too. I I think the fans, ex, I don't want to say expect it, but want it. They want to hear from that creator. They want to uh, sort of feel like they're a part of, I don't know, you can't say a part of their life. And and always, I discuss this with other creators because I'm like, to build a true fan following, to, to build that mega supporter of your work, you've got to give them a connection. you got to give them a, a piece of you. Basically, you're saying, here, this is my creative end that I'm sharing with you. And you try to build that up by sharing and sharing and you hope they help you along the way to help spread the best fans are the, are your diehard fans that then help you spread the word to help the but other I, fans. But so, I do think you're creating a, people want a relationship. Okay. With I agree. You. Now, some creators want to be very detached. They want the work speaks for itself. I don't want to have to, you know, be a personality. I don't want to have to be a, you know, a TV talk show personality selling my work. The work speaks for itself. Uh, Steve Ditko of creator of Spider-Man and Dr. Strange was the ultimate. You can't find a photograph of Steve Ditko. Okay. Wow. He wouldn't do conventions. Okay. He wouldn't talk to journalists about his work, but his very iconoclastic, I'm completely alone persona actually created a fan base of people who were fans of that persona of like, right. So it's almost impossible to separate your work from the way people perceive you as a person. The mystery of him created its own, uh, following that they exactly. wanted more because it wasn't available. It's sort of like taking away something somebody wants and then they wanted even more. Yeah. So Stan so, and Steve were polar opposites. Okay. Mm -hmm. But uh, they did great work together, but you know, uh, Steve Ditko would not survive in today's social media atmosphere where people expect no. to be um, have that connection. But why is it the people that want isn't the work enough? OK, the question I want to ask, shouldn't your work speak for itself and be just enough by itself that people should follow it? I think it can be for some fans, but the fans who are going to help you and carry you, they want more. They They want that connection to you. So when they come in and support you, whether it's buying it off of a comic shelf or supporting you at a crowdfunding at Kickstarter and they're physically supporting you. They want a little bit more of you. They want some insight. They want to hear from you. They want to see you. They want to be a part of this. And I, I maybe that's the key by supporting you, especially like directly, they feel like they're a part of it. And I, I do the same thing. Um, I've been more active on Kickstarter in the past few months and I've supported some projects that from people that I know come across a project that I really didn't know the person, but it looked interesting. So I supported it. And then, um, I supported, uh, Brian Polito at lady death. And, and so right now I'm supporting Don McFarlane with his new toys. I want not so much Brian's and, and Todd's and, Hey, I want to be a piece of those. So yes, I'm on it. But the other creators who are smaller, who can use the little extra help, the little extra push, the support, 
I want to be a piece of that. I want to help them along. So I supported them. I'll read the book. Um, I'll, I'll be better at, at posting a review and doing some of my own social media to help those creator. But well, there's many people that will never be creators. They're not going to, to write, draw, sing, you know, mm -hmm. star in a movie, but they want to feel like they are a part of that. Okay. It might be a small part. Sure. Okay. But that connection of, I helped to make that happen. Right. It's a really powerful feeling. Yes. The way, as a creator, the way you can encourage that too is like on Kickstarter, you list the fans who supported you in the back of the book. I did that with the last graphic novel. And people like that. Um, it's sort of funny because I found a, a book that I actually supported on Kickstarter a few years ago and was flipping through it and found my name in the back of the book. I was like, oh, that's right. I bought this on Kickstarter. So it, it's sort of neat. It's a way that, like I said, you, you want to build those core mega fans, those diehard fans, because they help support you out. But who are, you know, where we were sort of leading that, who are they supporting? Are they supporting the comic or the, or the creator? And they're Nowadays, tied together is what you're saying. I think they are tied together, but I think it's almost more important that you bring in your fan base to you. You make them a part of your life. And I don't think you make it as much a part of life as you're saying, hey, I need grocery money. And and I, I, I don't have gas in the car. That's not the way you want to bring in supporters. You want to say, look at this art. I'm having a blast storytelling. You want to share about the story. You want to make them a part of it. You could do Q&As. There's all kinds of ways to bring them in with social medias and, and recordings. But a lot so, of creative people are very shy, very reserved. They're the people that are okay sitting at home by themselves, working endless hours, you know, writing and drawing. Yeah. And then to ask them to be more outgoing and to, you know, to court fans. I mean, there are some great comic book artists that are hardly, we meet them in person, it's hard to get to talk to them. Others yes. are just so outgoing to the life of the party. I mean, yes. anyone who's ever met Billy Tucci, you know. Oh, my forget. gosh. No, you won't forget Billy. But I, I think part of it is the insecurities is, um, as you've told me, nobody likes listening to himself being recorded. You know, I know how country I come across, and that's fine. That's life. Um, jump on board. I'm a Kentuckian, you know. Hey, yeah. dream bread right here living in KY. So... <laughs> This is what you're going to get with me. And, and I've come to realize this is what I am. This is why I've got to contribute, you know. Um, and that's you have to be comfortable in your own skin. And I think a lot yes. of people are not. They're like, I can't believe my voice sounds like that. Uh, I keep saying, oh, and, you know, and they're just uncomfortable and they hypercritical. They don't understand that people aren't really paying that much attention. They're not criticizing every little thing that you say or every little facial expression. They just want to hear from you yes yes they do and that's the key thing is that you you should put yourself out there if you want to be successful in 2020 it's just it's part of the market the market's changed um just like markets have changed from newsstands to direct stores and who knows after 2020 where it's going to run as far as getting your books and stuff out there um i know crowdfunding is going to be a major part of it so now, putting yourself out there, should you create an alter ego? Do you need to come up with a stage name? Okay. And create a backstory and like be a whole different person. If that's what you want, you can do that. Um, if you feel a need to hide behind that, you can do that. 
people at the end of the day i don't see a purpose of that being real is so much easier because the chance especially in this market in the comic market you may do shows you're going to run into people you're going to do autographs at sessions um, you might set up at free comic book day so you're going to reach out to people so being yourself just who you are is the easiest way to to handle this I've done it off and on for the past 30 years, and that's a long time. Uh, but, Bobby, I can't be myself. I'm boring. No one's going to want to hear from me. Uh, you create comics. You can't be too boring. Whether you write them, you draw them, you ink them, you package them, you're into a really cool industry that's so underappreciated. Uh, you can't be too boring. Everybody has something to contribute, and everybody has something to learn. So, And I think it's easier to realize that so many of the people that you're connecting with are very much like you. Okay. They're also people who are, you know, the introverts, the ones who are more comfortable reading and, and enjoying things and, you know, not, you know, not the person who's out partying every week, weekend, you know, they're, and so they're much more accepting of people. Okay. Of not being, slick and you know and practiced etc but they just want to get a feeling of who you are okay and connect your you and your personality to the work so it, it informs the you don't understand how much of who you really are shows in the work that you do yes it, it definitely part of it we all start off as comic fans so we all start off well yeah sure most of us all enjoyed comics at some point in our life if we're trying to create them. So we all start off at a core base. That's it's enjoying the, the concept of sequential art, storytelling. So with that, however direction you go, whether whether you go to comics or graphic novels, if you're doing manga or mainstream superheroes, universe building, whatever you're doing, at the core of it, we're all just doing comics. And you're all the same. To- choose inside how much of your personal life you're sharing with your fans. Sure. 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 I used to share more. I've backed off myself a little bit as far as family based stuff. You still might see some stuff um, because of what's going on nowadays. I took a photo this morning on Facebook, had pictures of my grandkids and a bowl of cereal. And um, <laughs> I'm missing out talking to them right now or seeing them. I do talk to them, FaceTime them, but I miss out seeing them. So, so there's a little thing. grandkids. Yeah, and, and it's like, it, it's little things like this that you can share with those who care about you. And that's the key thing. As a creating myself, I know there's there's fans out there who care about what we're doing. Um, we've been a long time since we put out comics, and we're getting ready to put together a schedule ourselves and get it rolling later on this year. So it's the I've little got, things that you share about yourself, not necessarily, you know, deep emotional trauma of your youth, but this yeah. is what I had for breakfast. This is my favorite breakfast. Okay, and... These are the recording artists I'm listening to while I draw. And, you yes. know, just the minute details that just make you seem like a more regular, relatable human being, okay, but who also has this creative ability that people, are, frankly, are envious of. And there's little things that people want and with what they expect because of social media, video, and audio. A few months ago, I started posting a daily post um, today in Kentucky. And it would be a random photo of something I walked by, a bug, a butterfly, a cool building, 
a when I don't know. I just did every, all kinds of things that every day. The way the moon, the silhouette of a tree, the nighttime. The, it just whatever I came across. The key thing wasn't so much the photo. It was I know I'm Kentucky. I sound Kentucky. So every time I make a post today in Kentucky was saying that was a part of my life at that time during that day. Um, I have not been doing that because of the crazy things of 2020 right now. I will move back into that as everything opens back up. So it was my way of reaching out to not just, it was reaching out to family, but also reaching out to people around me that cared. I got more comments from longtime friends. I haven't seen in a while. You know, they, they would like it or share it or something like that. It was making a connection. I wasn't having to share baby photos or family get togethers. These were like, just cool little things, uh, flowers, buds, houses, you name it. It was all over the place. It was just a random second in that day. I shot a photo and posted it. And I would just post it today in Kentucky and I put it to date. But it's, it's just so a way to, connections yes. that people want. They're not looking for you to be a performer. Okay. You don't have to be a comedian. Okay. You don't have to making wise pronouncements constantly. They just want an insight into your life, into your creative process. Show them the sketch you worked on that morning. Here's the partial page I, I, I'm finishing, okay? Uh, I had trouble here. Uh, this particular panel's driving me crazy because I have to figure out how to draw snow, you know? Right. And, and the thing is, myself, because we're getting back to comics, I'm going to start sharing more of the comic stuff, the rough sketches, the designs, the elements, the old stuff, the new stuff, stuff that's forthcoming. Step by step, you got to share that along with a little bit of you. And I believe that's a way your online creators who aren't with Marvel and DC can build a following. And also and if, networking. We'll have to get into that one down the road. Networking but if this is, is huge. I don't mean to interrupt, but if this is hard for you to share your personal life, did you find it would get easier for you as you do, more you do it? <laughs> yes, I, no. I, yes, I think sometimes it gets yes, easier to no. do it, but I think what you run into is the time factor, like with everything. Yes. Um, we're not doing this. Most of us aren't doing this as daytime jobs. We either own other businesses or work other jobs. So what we do creatively is done on the side, which means now our social media and fan building is on the side of that. So. I, I do think it gets easier the more you do it. Yeah, you get used to yourself sounding the way and looking the way. And, you know, it's just, you got to be, like you said, comfortable in your skin. But it's the time factor, I think, that you end up running in trouble with. So those are things that I'm going to work on and I'll share them. But the, to wrap this up, the important thing is to realize that you can try to, you know, be the Steve Ditko and, let the work speak for yourself. But today it's going to be harder and harder to find people who are going to really support that because that people who do share of themselves, their creative process, people find that connection. They find that, you know, personal connection that you're a part of their lives. Okay. You can't be best friends. Okay. But people are looking for that, just that connection, that feeling that they know you as a person and can, and support what you're doing. Appreciate your work but also appreciate that connection to your work and feeling like they are a part of the process as best they can be. And so you have to find ways to make that happen that don't totally take away all of your privacy or take up too much of your time. Oh, I agree. 
I think it's I think social media and all this should be scheduled in almost. I don't know how it's then which doesn't sound like it's very off the cuff or friendly, but you've got to make time for it and schedule it in. But in well, this think, whole discussion, I'm finding I'm thinking my brain's going. There's as much to building a network too, and we're gonna have to come back to building that network and discuss that. Well, I think hopefully we've gotten across to a lot of people who are very reluctant to do this that it is an essential part of your business now to really you know to be get that project to be successful. And I think next time we can come back and talk about what are some of the ways to really connect to people that are efficient and you know don't take up too much of your time to still get you get that help you to build that fan base yes uh, it sounds like a good thing well looking forward to that discussion bob we'll have to do that soon thanks sounds so much good. for being here today all right thank you bill bye-bye <laughs>